0: This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back, I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome my friend, Luis Salafavria. Welcome Luis, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. And yeah, so uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So
1: I, I am from Venezuela. I live in Houston, Texas, and I
0: am a real estate investor. I have been a real estate investor for the past 17 years. Fantastic. And how did you get started with real estate investing? Uh, Well, I
1: I guess like a lot of people that have read uh, Kiyosaki's book, you know, reached out for that, and uh, that's really what got me into the gist of it. I wanted to learn more what he did. But in his books, he didn't actually say what he did. So I had to learn from
0: other people what he actually did
1: (laughs) or what other people did, you know, for that matter.
0: Yep. He started getting, like in his later books, he started to get a little bit more into real estate, uh, like talking about it at least. But, uh, and then currently, do you invest uh, passively, actively, or a bit of both? So I am a syndicator.
1: So I'm doing the work, the active work, of finding passive real estate deals for my investors. So it depends really you know, where you, how you look at it, right? So if you're looking from the point of view of me as an investor, I'm always active, right? But if you're talking about my investors, they're always passive. They don't have to do anything. I do the work. I do the heavy lifting for them and they get the rewards. We all
0: get the rewards but for that matter. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, what kind of deals do you focus on for your uh, passive investors? So, uh, well, I mean, you know me. I'm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. and we actually met in a, in a multifamily uh, investment group. Uh, so that's ba- basically my main focus is multifamily. Uh, but right now, with all the craziness, you know, in the markets and the, uh, you know, with the crazy interest rates that we have right now, it's been a challenge to find good, good deals. So what I'm doing right now is just. I'm playing it safe because I don't want to invest in something that is really not the kind, the right kind of deal for my investors. Uh, I still keep, you know, underwriting deals and analyzing deals. But what we're doing is going back to the basics, and I have done fix and flips, you know, for a while. So we have this strict criteria to find houses, uh, uh, you know, at the auction. where basically we want to get in and out in just a few months right and the idea to do that is just basically to put the money to work while we wait for these bigger deals in multifamily or in other parts of the commercial multi uh, you know commercial uh, real estate uh, industry
0: yeah, I agree with you about it being a, a bit of a crazy time. I mean, there are deals still out there, but sure. a lot of people are looking for them and you have to be kind of creative right now, you know, get some seller financing to reduce the cost of the interest rates and that sort of thing to, to make uh, deals actually work out. So yeah. we'll see what the future holds. Uh, you know, I I'm, I'm suspect that there's going to be a break here at some point, but uh, who knows?
1: Yeah, no, we, we're seeing it now. I don't know if you are familiar, but we had... Uh... Uh, four properties go to auction uh, last April. And these were not really class A, they were like class C, right? But in total, they were like 3,200, 3, apartments mm-hmm. in four deals, in four properties from the same sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, what really goes to show is that you really have to know who you're investing with. That's, first of all, you know, one of the things that you should get out of that. And also that you can't over leverage. This guy did, and this is what happened.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. Even uh, you know who you matter or who you invest with, I think matters more than what the deal itself is, uh, because sure. like what somebody' track record is is a good indicator of what their future will be. Of course, it's not perfect, but uh, uh, I'd say that's probably the strongest indicator. Yeah. And uh, so, with your the. Fix the flip deals, are those multifamily or single family or what do they look like? So they are single family. And as I said, these,
1: got, these are like really cookie cutter type of uh, neighborhoods. Pretty much all of the houses are kind of the same. Uh, they were built recently in the, in the, in the last you know, uh, 10 years, I would say, to minimize, to mitigate the risk of investing in something that is gonna take you longer to tackle you know Mm -hmm. the idea for us is always to be in and out and always put our investors money to work as I said while we wait for the bigger you know uh, bigger deals you know so those are key things that we're investing in they have to meet those criteria if they don't then we don't buy them we don't even bid Mm -hmm. in fact the last two months we didn't even go to the auction because of this like really strict criteria that we have to buy mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of the idea of it and and then you know the idea is just also to help people that don't really have the minimum to invest with us So I mean, it's not really like a rule or anything but you know that uh that there's like a minimum of 50k like fifty thousand to invest in multifamily deals just because you know there is a lot of money that did to invest invested, and we don't want to spend too much time with people that only have, you know, 20,000 or 30,000 or whatever, you know, uh, you can still do, but it's just more work. Um, so right now, since we're actually, as I said, just waiting, uh, actively waiting, we are taking those people's you know money and put it to work because the idea is just to basically, uh, uh, create a a churn or or a wheel that makes that money into, you know, 40,000, or like those thirty thousand, whatever, into forty thousand or fifty thousand, so that when we find a deal that is bigger, they're gonna have the, you know the money, and
0: we're actually building the relationship anyway, right? By doing that. Yep, I agree. And it makes sense, of course, like you, you and I are on the same page about there usually needing to be a minimum because like, for example, if you're raising a million dollars and you have a $50,000 minimum, you only need a, a maximum of uh, 20 investors for that to uh, right. raise to be done. Whereas if you have a $5,000 minimum, now that jumps up to 200 investors potentially right. and the right. administrative uh, you know difficulties increase uh, exponentially as a result. Yeah, and
1: not only that, Matt, but also like, you know, people that only have 5,000 to invest, they're going to be uh, usually a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to really, you know, spend too much time with those. You know, yep. we want most like sophisticated people that know that there is a risk involved uh, and they have to trust us with what we're doing, with the experience that we have and all that.
0: And then for these fix and flaps, are you doing a fund or syndicating each one individually or how, do, how does that work? We just, uh, no, not really. I and mean, we weren't really syndicating them.
1: We're actually like JVing, uh, oh, okay. JV Okay. Ventures, basically, we're doing with uh, these people.
0: Gotcha. At least this so you're one, in... off, one off here and one off there, right? I mean, we're, we don't really buy in bulk. Gotcha. That way your investors' money can at least continue to snowball in this uh, yes. weird time. Exactly. Yeah. That that's the whole idea. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, when the market does kind of shift, uh, you're going to go back to multifamily then. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and as I said, I'm still analyzing deals. But mm-hmm. like, remember that I invest in Houston, right? Or or mm-hmm. this is the, my main market because I'm here, right? So it really depends on where you are too. And I know I've I've heard of you know you know some deals going in the Midwest and all that. I just don't know the area, you know. So I would be able to underwrite it, but I just don't know the area. So I would have mm-hmm. to like move or find a team, or you know, I don't have the infrastructure. Is what I mean.
0: Yeah, exactly. You absolutely need a uh, boots on the ground locally to know, because <laughs> uh, a property in one part of town might you know look great, but uh, whereas if it's in another part of town, it uh, will not work at all. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, so I'm glad you're not investing in Venezuela right now. I, I don't think the real estate there is all that great. I suspect nope that's why i'm here but having said that my
1: idea is to bring people's money here to the u.s this is a safer environment not only for them physically but if they can't make it here in person at least their money can Mm -hmm. and we can actually put their money to work too and it doesn't have to be venezuela it could be you know other places in south america it could be mexico or or anything else you know we can just uh uh, form partnerships and make the the or put their money to work here, even if they're not here. Yeah, that's also one service that that we provide too.
0: That makes sense. So you're you know you're sourcing investors not only locally here in the U.S. but also abroad. Uh, yeah. Because I mean I think there's no better place in the world to invest in real estate than in the United States. You know, great returns. Um, you know, the laws are really in favor here for real estate investing. So it's yeah. just all around great. Yeah. And uh, with multifamily, what is your buy box for those? So I we, we
1: tend to look for B-class properties, right? More than anything else. We've invested in C-class properties, but we've seen that there are a lot of headaches uh, dealing with those, the tenants, uh, with the properties themselves and where they are. Usually they're older properties, so we have to invest more uh, uh, in the maintenance of it. So sometimes it's just, it takes a lot of time so we're actually like divesting from those and investing more in the b-class uh like a little bit newer type of uh uh, assets you know and usually those are better located as well Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of what we're looking for and and it doesn't have to be small or 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 or, you know like because i i've heard people that also want to invest or get their feet wet as it were in, in smaller properties. I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't have to do that. And sometimes it's actually better to go bigger, but you just have to know with whom you're going bigger. Absolutely. You know? D- don't do it by yourself. I mean, like, uh, I'm an engineer also, and I can tell you that I wanna know how everything works myself, but don't make that mistake. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna try to not make it again, you know? I did everything by myself at the beginning. I don't need to anymore. And I think if I was you, I would just find somebody that knows what they're doing and that, you know, they have been
0: doing it for a while and just, you know, get into a conversation with them. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, real estate definitely is a team effort. Uh, Speaking of uh, working with other people, I know, I think you were recently on stage with Vanilla Ice at a real estate (laughs) event. Is that right?
1: Right. Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's uh, funny you should mention that. So, yeah, so I was at a real estate event in Dallas, actually, and uh, I was actually one of the speakers there. And one of the speakers also was Vanilla Ice. And I didn't know that at the beginning, but Vanilla Ice actually is quite a good investor, Mm -hmm. a real estate investor. And he even has uh, his own show on HGTV, Mm -hmm. and, and, like, you know, he pivoted, you know, So now he's making a lot more money uh, from investing in real estate than from his music. But of course he used his music to propel him and to give him fame and to give him credibility, you know? And of course I borrowed a little bit of that credibility because I took a picture of him. (laughs) So that's what I did. Yeah. Excellent.
0: And then you have your own podcast as well.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I have my podcast and I have a webinar they are both in Spanish uh, the reason that they're both in Spanish is because I wanted to serve that community. Uh, it wasn't a, an easy decision for me because I could have done it in English as well. Uh, because like, if you think about it, there are more people that speak English and that know about real estate investing than people that speak Spanish who know about real estate investing. right? But having said that, since I'm trying to help people invest in real estate, I see that there is a gap there. I see that there are a lot of people, as I said, from South America. They don't even necessarily have to know English. But what I'm telling them is that, you know, with me, they can actually invest here in the U.S., which is, as you said, the best market in the world for real estate. And if you know something like some other market, please tell us because I, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> you know, we're almost looking for a good market. But so the idea is just to have those two tools, I guess, for people to invest with us and to feel more comfortable
0: in this area, like invest in real estate too. Awesome, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there may be other uh, real estate podcasts in Spanish, but it's really not very much. Uh, so there, there's so many Spanish speaking people out there that uh, they deserve, a, um, you know, a good opportunity like what you're creating with, with uh, your education. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. That's the idea, that's the whole idea for sure. Mm-hmm. So with uh, passive investors, as they're searching around with different sponsors, how can they tell whether or not you and your team are a good match for what they're looking for uh, with investing?
1: Well, you know what? That's really a question for the investors. But I think what really comes down to is if you know, if you trust, if you, I mean, if you trust these people or not, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever you invest with, it has to be somebody that you trust. It has to be somebody that has integrity right because that's uh, that example that i gave you of that guy that lost four properties and he lost like you know 3200 properties or uh, apartments he basically lost i think it was like 50 or 60 million dollars from his investors but he still got paid right like at the beginning you know the asset fees you know the management fees and all that he got paid and these people basically just lost lost it all you know so the question is, how do, do you avoid that as an investor? You know? And I'm going to tell you something that is really crucial, right? For people listening right now. You have to find out if pep- these people, this person, these indicators, if they have integrity. And, and it may sound like, you, know, are they you know, do they have love in their hearts? It may sound like crazy like that, but it's not. It's not. What you have to know is just the right questions to ask, you know. So, what I do, it's really easy. I just you know test them. I just make a little test. you know, uh, I said that I was gonna be here at 10 thirty, okay, and you got you showed up at ten thirty two, you're losing points. If you didn't tell me like you were gonna you know show up at 10 thirty two, right? Granted, everything happens like you know, life happens sometimes, you know, and you can't get there, but you at least tell me, right? Like, you know, explain why this happened, you know? and expect people to to have that conversation if they can't have that conversation with you then don't invest with them and, yes. and really be like really like you know white or 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 black you don't you can't have gray here you know because if you do then you get burnt and you don't want to get burnt especially investing you know 50000 you know 100000 120000 or 200000 right you don't want to get burnt like that nobody wants to so you really have to know what you're doing and I guess if I'm telling you that, that's because I feel like we are providing that for our investors too. People that have invested with us, the people that want to invest with us, it's because they see us. That's one thing. They see us you know day in day out, doing something in real estate, working it out, you know, negotiating, looking at deals, uh, being on social media, showing people that this is what we're doing. It doesn't have to be, you know shiny and 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 nice every time. Because I mean, sometimes we suffer, but at least we're doing it. We're out there, you know, and people see that too. So people trust us because because they see
0: us. If they don't see you, how are they going to flow you with their money? They won't. You know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, transparency and communication are, are really critical to having a good uh, invest in relationship with a, a sponsor as well as your investors. Uh, and you know, I, I've known you for years. Uh, I, I can honestly say you're you're a wonderful, awesome person with high integrity. So, for our listeners out there, I can I give you a great recommendation to uh, work with Luis uh, uh, for investing. So thank you, man. thank you, absolutely. Um, so, tell me about a, a problem that you've encountered with one of your real estate investments, and how was it handled?
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, so how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, it's funny that we're talking about problems and, uh, you know, uh, stuff that has happened because a lot of people, like, especially on social media, they just talk about the, the, the wins, they just talk about the trophies, they just talk about everything that went rosy and everything was just, you know, nice and dandy, right? Now, we bought a property and we've had, like, every single problem that you can think of, we've had twice, you know? In fact, we've had two people die uh, in the short span that we've had this property in their apartments for different reasons. One was old and the other one just, you know, his heart gave out. So these are just stuff that you have to deal with. And granted, it's not all the time that that happens, thank God, but but it does happen, you know, so you have to be prepared. And how can you be prepared? You have to have a team in place you have to have a property manager that goes out that helps you that 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 you can call you know if you have an emergency you can call and they can be there at the property and the closer to the property the better of course you know because if you don't want people to wait or or feel that they they are like abandoned or you know or anything you know and uh, in fact we had an issue um this is i would say a more normal issue that we had last year um, in Houston, of course, uh, as a lot of people know, it doesn't really you know, snow or it doesn't really get to freezing temperatures all the time. Like the winters here are really, really mild, right? Well, last year we had this crazy freezing event. And when I said freezing, it was like, I don't know, it was uh, maybe like 15, Degrees or so. It it was cold, right? But it's not definitely not like in Minnesota, like where you are, right? So, Mm -hmm. definitely not, not even close, right? But we're not really used to that here. So, what happened was that even though we had our pipes in the attics and in the walls and everything, we had them insulated, still some of those pipes burst because they froze. And, you know, once the temperature, you know, went back up again, they, they just started leaking and man it wasn't a pretty sight at all and this actually happened because it had to happen of course this day it happened christmas day so that was our present for christmas (laughs) you know a bunch of water just like dripping out of the ceiling and like like destroying everything in its path right Mm. so so uh but it shows that if you have a good team then everything is just a little bit better you know the situation may be not the best, but at least it's better because you can find people that you can trust and, and people that can go out there, even if it's Christmas day or actually not. It was actually Christmas Eve. It was just uh, the day before Christmas. It was the 24th, but it was the 24th, like at six in the evening or something, mm-hmm. because the freezing event happened uh, like maybe one day before or two days before. So, so we had the guy... Who was actually going to see his family at the time? He went to the property first. He fixed everything up a little bit, and then he went, you know, back to his house, changed because you know all his clothes were drenched in water. Mm-hmm. And then he he went to actually, you know, to to his family's uh, uh, place uh, to have dinner and all that. So I thanked him really, really well, of course, for that. But if you don't have that, then it's crazy. It's just too difficult because those things happen. They happen to us and it may happen to you too. That's why it really, like, you know, it really makes a difference of having somebody on your corner, having somebody that knows what they're doing and that you really have to know about those problems. You just have to know that there was a problem. We took care of it. That's it. You, here's your money, you know, for the investors is what I mean. You know, they don't have to see that. They don't have, they don't have to know It's just for them. It's just an,
0: a story. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean it's inevitable that there's going to be problems that happen with real estate investing, but you know how you respond, and, and the fact that you're just taking care of that on behalf of your passive investors, so they don't have to worry about it. You know, they're not you know having to you know personally come to the property on Christmas Eve to try to figure out whatever's going on. Yeah, um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, the, uh, I can say here in the North, uh, all the construction standards are different because we, we put our pipes on the inside of the building because we know like, hey, winter time oh. is going to get cold. So yeah. and then insulate yeah. them really well. So it doesn't happen so much. Uh, uh, but like in, in Texas, like you just put the pipes on the outside of the building or like on all of your walls because it's not really usually not a big deal until it is. And then, yes, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> exactly, Merry Christmas. Okay. Are you ready for a speed round? Let's go. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? That you don't have to work for your money. The money actually works for you. What do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? That you don't have to have a lot of
1: money to to do it. You just have to have the time at the beginning. That's one thing. Yep.
0: And what's a book that you can recommend to other investors?
1: If it's in real estate, I would say... uh, Uh, let me see because i i have it here it's a trump style negotiation by george ross who used to be his right mind uh right hand side uh guy in the apprentice or actually even more than the apprentice so this is a really good book for negotiation and you should have it too
0: awesome another one i recommend on the same thread is uh, never split the difference by chris voss oh yeah that's really good too Mm -hmm. Uh, how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on Okay, so you can go to
1: my website. Um, I'm gonna tell you uh, it's LuisSalavaria.com/slash-links, uh, and there you can find all the information that I have for everything. And that's the website again is Luis L U I S Salavaria S A L A V A R R I A
0: dot com/slash-links. I'll include that in the show notes. And then is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Not really. I think uh, you know, we've covered a lot. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then another link I'll include in the show notes is uh, I know you have a free guide in Spanish uh, for yeah. doubling your money, investing passively in real estate.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Actually, if you if, if that's actually there too in, in, in the link that I gave you uh, where people can just find this uh, free guide and, uh, that way they can be connected with us because I'm I'm going to get your email so I can send it to you. And by doing that, I'm
0: going to keep in touch. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.